welcome to Ketchup and Mustard, <laughs> where we torture ourselves with ridiculous books, movies, and more. I'm Zoe, and this is Alexia. As Ross from Friends once said, hello. Today, wait, I did that wrong. Oh, right. Today, <laughs> <laughs> Zoe is catching me up on a book called, what's this book called? Why We Watch, Killing the Gilligan Within, Watch Your Way to Wellness, by Dr. Will Miller, a teletherapist. So, this is unusual for us. We're actually, we're not recording in the same room today. We're, we're not. For the first time, we're not recording in the same room. Mm-hmm. Yep. Actually, I'm coming to you guys live from a Skype call for my new yacht. Am I supposed to? I don't know. Am I supposed to like? <laughs> I didn't expect you to agree with it. I guess you're going to yes and sure. in comedy. Um. Yeah. So I read this book while we watched *Killing the Gilligan Within: Watch Your Way to Wellness* by Dr. Will Miller, and it promised that using the techniques of teletherapy, that I'd become rich, and I'm now rich and a yacht owner. Yeah. And I really high speed internet on the open waters. See, I. I did not read the book. I don't know what happened, so I'm not rich yet. But I'm sure after sh- this podcast, I'll definitely be yeah. rich soon. Oh, also, since this book doesn't give any disclaimer, I just want to tell everyone that, like, I can Okay, first of all, this book is very interesting because I cannot tell if it's just, if it's, like, for real or if it's, like, super, super elaborate satire. Like, I literally- That's the best kind of satire. I finished the whole- But I can't tell because there's no disclaimer. There's no disclaimer anywhere. Um, and since it gives no disclaimer, I'm gonna give my disclaimer, which is, I don't think teletherapy is real, and don't follow anything I say when I describe stuff to you using teletherapy, because I don't know if this guy's actually a doctor, even though it says doctor, and also, if he works at Nick and Knight, like, but he says he's a doctor. Don't. He could just be, have a doctor in, like, philosophy or social sciences. You know, it, I'm not saying he's not. I'm not gonna accuse Dr. Will like, Miller of anything. I I'm think just saying that, like, don't, don't believe anything. I think you can get a PhD in human resources now. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, don't believe anything I say normally. Don't believe anything I say, especially in this episode, because I don't want to end it with you guys, like... But, like, Zoe that. did get rich off of these Oh, yeah, I definitely got rich, and I'm on a yacht right now. This is why we're still doing a podcast, because when yeah. you're rich, that's all you want to do. Yeah, well, I thought I'd give back to the people. You know, give advice back to Some the of people. that gospel of wealth right there. Yeah. Um, so I found this book. I was in New York, and there's this bookstore called The Strand. Very nice bookstore filled with old books and really good books. But also, I thought, hmm, I wonder if in the little dollar racks there's any interesting bad books. And I picked out this book and I read the cover. I'm like, this isn't a bad book. This is it. This is a good book. It's going to tell me how to live my life better and to the fullest using the power of television. Optimize your level of success. Watch your way to wellness. Um, before I started reading, the first thing I did was I took a look at the copyright date because I want to know how dated the references would be. And it actually said 2011, which I thought was like hilarious and surprising to me since the title literally says Killing the Gilligan Within. Um, Wait, this was in 2011? Yeah. No, bullsh- No, it was from 1996. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I figured I started out with a nice easy line. Um, so this book has two parts. 
It has 10 amazing chapters, plus a list at the end of TV analyses, which are kind of amazing. They go into depth on like the hidden meaning of like a bunch of TV shows. Mo most of these TV shows I have not watched. Many of them I have only barely heard of, and some of them they could have just made up. Like, I don't know. I am a young person. <laughs> so, I have a little game for you. Which of these is not a title of a chapter? Oh my god. Chapter 4. Television and Codependence. Lassie's Disturbed Unconscious. That has to be true. Please let that be true. Chapter 7. Television and Drug Misuse. DJ Tanner's Addiction to Mylanta. Chapter 8. Television and the Fear of Death. Scooby-Doo and the Flintstones Doomsday Scenario. I think it's that one. That one can't be true. That one? The end one? Yeah. Nope, that one's true. The God one that was false it. was Chapter 7, Television and Drug Misuse. DJ Tanner's oh Addiction God. to My Lanta. <laughs> oh my god, that lassie one's true. Yeah. <laughs> what is this book? It's amazing. It taught me everything I need to know, and it's made me better as a person. So And now you're rich. And now I'm rich and on a yacht. <laughs> so this book begins with a little quiz, and I have a lot of quizzes, like, dispersed throughout. I can't even go into all of them. It would take, like, three years. It's so, it's so much content in one book, and it doesn't even look like it. It's not, I don't know how many pages this is. It's not is. thick with two Cs, you guys. It's like 150-something pages. So it's not that long. It's only thick with, like, one C. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, the quiz, the first quiz is to know if you need teletherapy, saying, if you even lean a little bit towards a positive response to any of these questions, that you needed teletherapy, and to reject it, you would be in an iron grip of denial, and it is possible that you are psychotic. No. Yep, that's true. This is true. <laughs> yep, it's true. So, I took the quiz, and there are a bunch of questions. Some need... I didn't really get the references to, but the first question really hit close to home. It said, have you ever fantasized that you were a character on a television show? And, you know, when I was a kid, I, I always, like, I felt really connected every time I watched Nickelodeon. I always wanted to be Bubble Bass from Spongebob. No, you didn't. <laughs> no, that's a lie. That's a lie. Why would you want to be Bubble Bass? You, I don't know, he got those pickles. He seems like a pretty well-off No guy. one likes pickles as a child. You learn to like, like pickles. pickles as a child? What the heck? <laughs> no, dude, you guys, she is a psychopath. Like, teletherapy didn't work. I I don't like pickles anymore. You don't like pickles <laughs> no, anymore? I love pickles. <laughs> I like pickles now. I didn't like them as a child. Why didn't you like pickles as a child? Because as a child, you don't like pickles. This is law. What? <laughs> oh, man. Okay. I'm well, going to call my brother. He will agree with me. Well, I No one likes brother. pickles as a child. <laughs> Listen. If, if you do or do not like pickles as a child, please leave a five-star rating and tell us if, tell you, us like, if you liked pickles. In the comments of the five-star rating that you I made. need you guys to tell me, did you like pickles as a child? And if you did... When does child end? Child ends 13? at... 13, yeah. Okay. Like, make it like a butthead's definition of child. Like, I'm a teen now. No, you're not. You're a kid. But I'll let you call yourself that. Maybe... Do you think there are any kids' menus that have pickles on them? Because that could, like, prove us. No! Child's cheeseburgers- So you're making the claim that there is no kid's menu with pickles Child's 
Child's cheeseburgers never come with pickles because children don't like pickles. You were never in elementary school with the little cheeseburgers and you got the pickles? Not the kids' menu pickles. No, but like at school. In school? I didn't they like them. They used little containers of pickles. I went to a charter school. I was privileged. Oh my gosh, I went to public. <laughs> maybe that's Maybe public school kids like pickles as a child. It's just a lottery whether you like pickles as a child or not. Um, okay, well, besides that, um, so obviously I needed this practice because I liked pickles as a child, especially because it claimed that your life would change, you know, et cetera, et cetera, you become better, uh, psychologically, but it also claimed that you would become financially successful beyond your wildest dreams in five years. Which is why Zoe's on a yacht. Yes. Because to her it happened in five minutes. You don't know how long I've been reading this book. I really don't. That's you don't honestly, know how long. Like, she could have gone to New York five years ago. Yeah. She goes to New York a couple times. <laughs> you didn't put in a unit of, like, measurement. Just a couple times. She's been to New York a couple times. No, you said Did I know was... you five years ago? No. Well, then I don't know. Yeah, exactly. I don't know when she got this book, you guys. Also, that was a lie. It said you'd find financial success beyond your wildest dreams in 36 months, which is three years the hell? <laughs> and there is no disclaimer, which it doesn't need one because it totally works. So then it goes into defining teletherapy. Th whoop, blop, blop. Then it goes into defining teletherapy, which is television therapy. And it like defines it in like Greek and Latin and all that fancy stuff. I don't care. Um, another, another great thing about this book is the footnotes. Ooh. There are great footnotes dispersed without. Would you rather this little quiz ask me which is not a footnote in the beginning or at the end? Actually, at the end it might be too obvious, so I'll give it to you now. Okay. Okay, the first footnote, or maybe not. Dennis Rodman, discarded note recovered by Cheryl Nifosi, Olive Garden waitress, San Antonio, Texas, July 11th, 1994. So whatever it led to was a discarded note that Dennis Rodman wrote by oh my God. found by an Olive Garden waitress. <laughs> The next one. Sandy is Ron's supervisor at a small linoleum, linoleum manufacturing plant in southern Vermont. The next one. Tragically, both Ron and Sandy were killed in a drill press incident at oh their plant. Oh my god. The next one. The editor of this book was replaced three times after various television-related accidents. The next one. I think it's a television-related accident. This is by no means an exhaustive list. At last count, Nick and Knight researchers have identified over 340 separate illnesses and syndromes associated with television and needed the specialized treatment of teletherapy. Okay, this needs to be a joke book. If it's Nick... There's no disclaimer! <laughs> named after... Next one. Named after Michael Ryan, whose son Sean's fungus was so severe his skin had a permanent green hue. I think it's the one with the television-related accidents. Yeah, you know we do. Yeah! <laughs> I really thought you were gonna guess, guess the tr drill press incident at their place. But, like, why would there be two footnotes about it if one of them wasn't true? You don't know which one I would put first. That's true. Well, you did. I doubted them. It's just, I thought that that would happen since most of them had names in them. I have deductive reasoning. Okay. Also, it's just television-related accidents. Also, I'd like to mention that there are a bunch of, like, parts where it's like, oh, this person asked me not to put their address in, and then it has their address listed. <laughs> and I think these are real addresses. Like, they don't have, like, I don't know, they're not, like, one, two, three, they're, like, actual addresses from different places in the U.S., what so we can, like, hell? go on a tour of this book. Oh, um, my God. 
Okay, so then there's this breathing exercise that you have to do to get in, like, the zone for teletherapy. And it has a bunch of disclaimers on that, saying that, like, if you're, like, medically unsound, you shouldn't do it. But I think you need to do it. Before we get into this book, you need, book, to, do you need okay. to do it. Because I'm experienced. I've done it. You're rich now. I'm rich now. <laughs> you need to do it. Okay, so first off, stand up. I'm just, ugh, I'm just yep. stand up. Yeah, well, I mean, it is an audio medium, so, like, no one needs to know, but stand up. I'm standing. Okay. okay. Take <laughs> off your shoes and jewelry. Looks like you already got that done. Yeah. Okay, stand with your hands behind your head. Okay. Finger fingers interlocking. Okay. Now expel all the air from your lungs and hold for as long as possible. Repeat until you feel unsteady. <laughs> of Alexia. So from now on, whenever you hear Alexia, well, yep, that was the sound of Alexia falling to the ground. <laughs> Dead. So whenever you hear Alexia's voice from now on the podcast, it's actually me doing a really good impression of Alexia. Yeah, this is an example of this right now. See, I'm rich, and so I paid for lessons. Voice acting cool. lessons? Yeah, there's always like a risk. Illusion is shattered. <laughs> I, I need to be very careful not to talk over myself. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, then after that, me. Mm-hmm. Um, it says there's like a pledge you have to do before you get into this book. Of course. Um, and it says, with a remote control in one hand and a copy of TV Guide in the other, state the following out loud in front of a witness. But I don't have a witness, because it's just me here. Well, I mean, dead people can be a witness, right? They're there. You're right, me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it says, I... I... Name... Na Alexia? <laughs> Good one, me. <laughs> Pledge to adhere to the principles of teletherapy. Pledge to adhere to the principles of teletherapy. As humanly, as closely as humanly possible. As closely as humanly possible. I will use them to grow. I will use them to grow. Become psychologically healthy. Become psychologically healthy. And where possible. And where possible. To better my lot in society. To better my lot in society. Furthermore. Furthermore. I vow to never misuse these techniques. I vow to never misuse these techniques. To the harm of myself. To the harm of myself. Or another person. Or another person. And I pledge. And I pledge. To always use these strategies. To always use these strategies. To help rebuild. To help rebuild. The psychological fabric of America. <laughs> the psychological fabric of America. Even if it means turning in loved ones. Even if it means turning in loved ones to the proper authorities. To the proper authorities. So help me state your higher power. So help me, my mom. Amen. 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 It says it twice. <laughs> Amen. Um, I hope everyone at home follows along and did that. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, oh my look, God. Alexi is back. It looks like Alexia's body is rising from the dead as the cult's promise is rising. That's amazing. Now I can stop doing this impression. It really hurts my voice. Oh god, what happened? 
Yeah, you were out cold for a minute there. Jeez, why do I have this weird tattoo on my arm now? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I'm on a yacht, I can't see you. Oh, here, look. It's a triangle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, no, two more points are coming out and it's a circle now. That's the mark of teletherapy. Oh my god. Okay, so then it goes through some basic concepts. It's like another chapter. That I'm, I'm not going to get every chapter like listed, but... Um, for example, would Mr. Peabody clash with Rocky or Bullwinkle Moore? I don't know who Bullwinkle Moore is. It wasn't Bullwinkle Moore. It's not, it's not like <laughs> Macklemore. It's Bullwinkle. Rocky and Bullwinkle. Oh, Rocky and Bullwinkle. I thought you were talking about Rocky, like Rocky from the movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's TV. Okay, do you know what Rocky and Bullwinkle is? It's gonna be a very hard episode. Um, it's the moose and the squirrel. Animated. Moose and squirrel. Oh. Well, Bullwinkle's okay, very I've dumb. And it goes to describe, see, Peabody, Mr. Peabody's, you know, he's very smart. Yeah. And so, his shadow, they describe what a shadow is, it's like the opposite traits. It's what you're hiding underneath. So, his opposite traits are dumb. So he would he would clash with Bullwinkle more because so, he's dumb because he sees that in himself and hates that. Okay, so like you can't watch Mr. Peabody and the Bullwinkle. No, it's just saying fictionally like the characters. Oh, a lot okay, of this okay. book is like talking about characters and it's like seeing yourself in characters and describing. Oh, okay, I get it. So you have to characters. like identify with a character, but then you have to avoid the people that you would clash with. Yes. Okay. So then it describes how to find your shadow traits. Hmm. Okay. So what you need to do is videotape someone you just, you know, sometimes you just don't like people and you don't know why. So you videotape those people for at least two hours, discreetly. And then you write the traits that you see that you don't like. And then you see, oh, I'm hiding those traits in myself. Like, those are things that I care about myself that oh. I'm bad at. Okay. So that's one of the many methods of teletherapy that I became rich because of. Because I, I became a better person because I recorded someone I hated for two hours discreetly without them noticing. Yeah. Of course. Okay, so now moving on to another little fun thing. Wait. Yes? Is it actually two hours? Yes. Okay. <laughs> it says more than two. It says two hours or more. Okay, okay. Um, so the next chapter is television. Both friend and killer. Oh my god, no. I don't know if that's the chapter name, but it's something. Yes, it's I true. refuse. That's true. <laughs> um, so then it describes some illnesses. Um, that are rooted in poor television viewing. So which of these is not an illness listed that's rooted in poor television viewing? Okay. Tanner catchphrase phonics disorder, Simpsons movement disorder, or cable wire phobia. If you want me to describe what any of them are. I think the Simpsons one is wrong? Nope, that one's true. It's a disorder. Well, I don't know if any of this is true, <laughs> but that one's in the book. Um, and it's a disorder where you watch The Simpsons so much that you start walking, like, the characters from The Simpsons, which is all weird and, like, animated and janky. Oh my god. Is the cable wire one fake? Nope, that one's real. It's the Tanner catchphrase phonics disorder. I don't know how I didn't get that. I made them Lance, my Lance joke earlier. Why is nothing true about Tanner? Is Tanner just not in this? I'm not gonna tell you that right now. He's not in this. Okay. <laughs> Have you not seen Full House? I have, but... DJ Tanner is a lady. Oh. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't get the... DJ Tanner. Oh. Wait. Their last name is Tanner? Yeah. I don't watch Full House enough to know this. Okay. I don't watch Full House enough either, but... but like... So they don't talk about Full House in 
things? I'm not saying that, or maybe I am. <laughs> but I'm just to clear things up earlier, DJ Tanner's catchphrase is on my Lanta. And my Lanta is a heartburn medicine. I really screwed that oh, up. Heartburn yeah. medicine. I don't know her catchphrase. I only know, like, the, the little sister's catchphrase. She's like, how rude. What's her name? I don't know. What's the little sister's name in full house? <laughs> Call it now. Call it now. <laughs> Tweet at us, please. Yes, tell us. I don't have a Twitter. Oh. <laughs> Tweet at we Zoe. Have a, we have a thing, Twitter. If you search catch them, I don't remember. We have a thing. Twitter now? Yeah. Yeah. You didn't tell me. Okay. I I'm figured you... I'm gonna look up at this Twitter. Okay. Well, okay. So then it goes on to describe Sigmund Freud. So Sigmund Freud, the father of teletherapy. No. Sigmund Freud is not mentioned in this. No. Nope. That is false. That is a title. Okay. Um, it's a title or is it not? Is it a It is a title. It is a title, but he's not actually mentioned in No, it. he is. He is? They actually grabbed Sigmund Freud and put him in this? They put. I don't know what you- they didn't like, like steal like his like body and like stuff him in every book. I don't know what you Did mean. they? I have no proof they didn't, but um, it describes TV. So Sigmund Freud always had a missing link that he always describes in his studies. And it says that TV was his missing link, because when he was alive, TV wasn't really a thing. Of course. So TV was his missing link. And then it describes that in their New York headquarters, there's like a tour. And in that tour, there's an interactive talking statue of Freud looking at a television, and if you pull a cigar, it starts explaining psychoanalysis and teletherapy, and it concludes with, yesterday's psychoanalysis, tomorrow teletherapy. No. It's not, you don't pull on his cigar. Do you pull on, is he not even existent? Does he exist? I'm calling it. No. Everything that I just said is in the book. Whether or not this actually exists, <laughs> I honestly have no clue. Why would they use Sigmund Freud? Weren't all of his theories proved false? Yeah, but they used them to prove their false theories. This has to be fake. Like, oh later they mention, like, anal retention. No. No, they don't. They do! No, they don't! Are you calling bluff? No, he's they not do. doing this to me! <laughs> okay. Um, then it goes to talk about television and self-esteem, and it talks about, like, Beavis and Butthead, and there's some other examples that I really know. Um, and then it asks you to fill out a chart, like a little, like you can write in the book, on whether a character has positive or negative self-esteem. And then it goes to, like, list some characters. So it lists Bart Simpson, Flipper the Dolphin, and George Costanza. Flipper the Dolphin isn't on that list. Flipper the Dolphin Oh is. my god. Are um, they all on the list? I'm not going to tell you that. Is George Costanza not on the list? He is not on the list, and I'm really mad that you called me out on that because I made something up for him. I'm, I'm sorry! No, tell it. No. I want to know what it's it is. It's too late now. I'm sorry. It wasn't even that good. It would have been like a clear red flag. Okay. <laughs> um. So Bart Simpson, it goes into describing, what do you think? Does Bart Simpson have a positive or a negative self-esteem? I think he has a positive self-esteem. Okay, well that's what I put, but... Also, no, I put a negative because there's this one episode where he gets like an F and he's like sad because he oh, actually yeah, tried. Oh yeah, I remember that episode. But it says that because he is a young boy, it is not certain what the final answer to Bart's self-esteem. Oh, to Bart's self-esteem. He is off to a somewhat decent start, but still has a long way to go. And then it goes to this whole thing about how he's young and um, he can't give a, a qualified answer, but there's no indication. But it's probably positive. So you were right. And then Flipper, it literally has this picture of a dolphin. 
No. Oh, flip for the doll. No, 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 no. <laughs> and then it says there are many layers of psychological meaning to Flipper. I don't know how they figure it out, but they talk about how he's like a powerful, or she, I don't know what gender Flipper is, is a powerful teaching model and... Zoe, dolphins don't have genders. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, I, they don't answer the question. They don't say whether she's a positive or negative. He, no. she's, they. I just said that they don't have self What? Flipper can overturn something and it's digital and it's dangerous criminal without hesitative or emotional overreaction. I don't know what's happening. Are they calling Flipper a psychopath? Maybe. <laughs> it's a dolphin. Dolphins okay. can't go through teletherapy, so clearly they're a psychopath. Yeah. Okay, so next, the next thing it tells you to do is to write a letter to a character you think might have se- low self-esteem. And, like, give them high self-esteem? Like, write a letter being like, oh, I see that you're really trying, and like... Oh, okay, so like... Like, pump them up, like, give them a, you know, okay. uplifting message. Because it says, like, oh, this might seem silly, but after you finish writing it, you'll realize that this letter is actually about yourself. Oh, Okay. No, this sounds like it makes sense. Is this true? This is true in the oh book. Oh my god. Um, so then it talks about television and codependence, etc., whatever. It talks about how Lassie, this is describing the chapter you couldn't believe was real, it talks about how Lassie is in a form of severe codependence because she was always played by male dogs, one of the reasons at least, and constantly had to cross-dress and be like put down. It's a dog! What the hell? She doesn't care! He doesn't care! Lassie is a character doesn't care, the dog behind the character doesn't care. Why is dog. Lassie codependent, though? Didn't Lassie fix all their problems? That's what they're trying to say, like, while Lassie may have fixed all their problems, really, if you really oh, look. If she you was, really look. He was oppressed. He was oppressed. Um, and then it moves to talking about anger. Like, a chapter about television and anger. And I, like read this the title of the sequence and I had to close the book for a second. <laughs> Urkel. Symbol of repressed rage. Urkel? Urkel. They're calling Urkel symbol a of symbol of repressed rage. rage. That's the title. Oh my god. So it goes on to talk about how um oh at a gut level what is your reaction to the following assertion? Urkel is the most dangerous young man on television. I'm curious, what's your reaction? What? Urkel is the most dangerous young man on television. We're talking about Urkel, the guy who, on a daytime television parody, (laughs) moonwalked and then fell off the stage, is the most dangerous... Yes, he's the most dangerous young man on television. The dude who pulls his pants up to his nipples. Well, you don't seem to believe it, so you desperately need the teachings in this chapter. It could quite literally save your life. I need to borrow this book. I need to be rich, you guys. Yeah. So, basically, you are puzzled. Okay, let me take a brief moment and explain the Urkel phenomenon, which I underlined. The Urkel phenomenon. I need a t-shirt that says that. (laughs) So, basically, this is where it describes to you anal retention and how... Excessive neatness is a reaction against your inner desire to creatively soil oneself. What? I'm not sure that's what anal retention was, but I don't think it's too far off. Um, basically it talks about how Urkel, his dress, demeanor, and lifestyle seems submissive. But really, that's just hiding his desire to lash out and kill. What the fuck? And that's shown that he's, like, submissive and, like, 
repressive when he has that alter ego, Stefan or something? There's an episode where he has an alter ego. I don't remember about Stefan. He's a puppet at some point. Is that, like, one of the things? That was really creepy. Maybe that's why he's a psychopath. I know too much about- No, I'm thinking about that. It's scaring me. (laughs) Okay, so then it goes to talk about the Andy Griffith show, which I don't know if you saw, but there's these two cops, whatever. The thing that- the reason I wanted to mention this is because it says, let's consider the setting of the show. The town Mayberry is in North Carolina, and the name is a significant clue. Seen as a two-word phrase, it sounds like Maybury, as in something may bury you. See how teletherapy gets down to the point. (laughs) So- So the Andy Griffith show is evil? Yeah, well, yeah. It refers to the different approaches to life pursued by the two lead characters, how one of them is like- Evil, one of them's not, or one of them's super angry. I don't know. I don't know. Sounds about right. I should know. But I don't. Um, the next chapter is television and depression. If only the rifleman had Prozac. Who's the rifleman? I don't know. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I'm sure you do, whoever's listening. Um, it talks about television-based depression, or TBD. TBD quick test. So basically there's a little quick test. I'm not going to read through all of it, but, um... Let's see if I'm television depressed. Oh, well, I can't do this test right now. Oh. Because it involves a lot of preparation. So first you have I to see. videotape one episode each of Walker, Texas Ranger, and the Brady Bunch. Oh my god. Those amazing shows in their own right. Oh my god. <laughs> um, and then you have to watch the episodes a bunch of times until you become fully familiar. And then... You find your depressed individual, like you find someone else, so that'd be you in this case. Of course. Um, and you sit them down, and you want to, you say you're concerned that they might have TBD, um, and so you assure that it's quick and painless, and you sit them down, and then as they view the shows, you create multi-sensory experiences, where like if there's a cook, they're cooking some food in the show, you cook some food so they can like smell it, or if there's like raining in the show, you like spritz them with water so they feel it. <laughs> but! You, you don't want to be intrusive. The point is to create these sensory experiences as background for the show. So I shouldn't, like, you you shouldn't, like, just, like, throw water on me from your yacht. If the show (laughs) is someone throwing water from their yacht, then yes. Okay. I see. I see. Um, which probably wouldn't be in either of those shows, but no. Basically, then, if they appear sadder on the second viewing, they, oh, then you show, you, you repeat it without the, wait, yeah, you repeat it, but this time you don't do the sensory experience, and if they're sadder the second time, then they have TBD, and if there's no different reaction, and then they probably don't have TBD. But if they have the opposite reaction, they appear happier during the second viewing, then it says call a physician or local mental hospital immediately. This individual may, be, may very well require hospitalization. Oh so you better not enjoy that more. Okay. So then it has this section where it says, if only they had Prozac, and it's a bunch of characters, and it says, I would describe Prozac for the following characters. So I'll name some of them, because I know you don't know all of them, but you know the Three Stooges, right? Yeah. So Curly Howard from the Three Stooges. He needs Prozac? He needs Prozac. DJ Tanner from Full House. George Costanza from Seinfeld. Jan Brady from The Brady Bunch. Tommy from Rugrats. And Pugsy Adams from The Adams Family. Tommy doesn't need Prozac. Chucky needs Prozac. Have you read this book? No. <laughs> then don't try to tell me <laughs> the theories of teletherapy. <laughs> now, just tell me if any of those were false or not. Tommy's false. 
You were right, Tommy's false. Because Chucky's the one that needs Prozac! Is that the only one that's not right? No, I was gonna tell you later, but I probably will forget. DJ Tanner and George Costanza are both not in this list. Yeah, I was about to say George Costanza, because he wasn't, because, like, he wasn't already in the list. I was like, if you skip over Seinfeld once, you skip over every time. (laughs) (laughs) Skip over Seinfeld once, shame on me. Skip over Seinfeld twice, shame on the souls of everyone. (laughs) Okay, okay, then it's my favorite chapter. Television and the Fear of Death, Scooby-Doo, and the Flintstones Doomsday Scenario. Oh my god. So, this this has a disclaimer on it. It says, warning, please stop reading now. Do not go any further. And it talks about how this chapter is deep, and it addresses deep and frightening issues, and you shouldn't go on it unless you're over the age of 13, and you says, or have difficulty accepting reality. So if you're difficult accepting reality, you should not continue. Um, it says, in the words of Gomez Adams, death. That's the biggie. Oh my god. No, they don't actually quote Gomez. They do. And they quote <sighs> that exact quote. My god. Death. That's the biggie. That's the biggie. Um, and then there's this death relaxation exercise, which now that you're back alive, figure why not do it. Yeah. I mean, you've dealt with death already. Once exactly. Today. Okay, in order to present this very challenging material, it is advised, is advised, can't talk. I'm very sorry. It is advisable. It is advisable. Thank you <laughs> to place yourself in a state known as teletherapy as a simulated near hypnosis. I really butchered that sentence. As a state known in teletherapy as simulated near hypnosis. <laughs> I need a break from talking. This is not going well. Okay, so stand up again. Yep, again. Uh, when did I sit down? <laughs> <laughs> I know you weren't conscious, but you did kind of fall to the ground, so... That's true. Okay. <laughs> You've just been dead standing this whole time? Like, yeah. what do you think? Okay. So, balance on one leg for okay. a full minute. Okay. Or until you feel an uncomfortable ache. Are you gonna time me? Yeah, I got, I got you time. Okay. <laughs> <sighs> oh, I think it rained. Oh, it might be raining. Oh, no, that's just the lake. We can see a lake, by the way. There's a window. How you doing? People are gonna track my location from this. That's true. Uh, we there's don't also live near a lake. There's also a volcano. Wait, but you're on a yacht. This is my window. They're not gonna track you. No, but I'm also near a lake. Or not. You're on a lake. Or no, not. On the ocean. On the ocean. I can see a lake though. Or not. <laughs> you can see a lake from the lake, ocean. Though. Hasn't oh. been one minute yet. I'm not aching. I'm just falling. You need to stop talking. I was gonna do you died again, but I can't because you keep talking. Because I'm too good at this. Well, <laughs> Am I supposed to die? But I just died already. I mean, now it's not funny. Now we're going to have to do this whole thing. Like, play it out. Because I'm too good at standing on one foot. Hasn't been a minute yet. We can cut this out. I'll just die. <laughs> <laughs> and that's death relaxation. Yep. <laughs> that's, that's the goal. You have to do it until you're like, I'll just die. Okay, come sit down. Can I die now? No, don't die. See, the words that have to come out of this. It says that once once you accept death, you can stop the death relaxation exercise. Oh, okay. So we won. (laughs) I mean, it wasn't a game, but I won. You won. This is all that this proved, that I won. By the way, that was a lie. You should have called bluff on that one. It wasn't even a thing? Oh, no. (laughs) That would have been a good one. But yes, it was a thing, but actually, we're supposed to do it until your legs were weak, and then bend forward and rest rest your hands on... hands on your knees. So basically you're supposed to do it until your legs like broke or something. Oh wow. You just keep going. Okay, perfect. 
I thought it wasn't until you sex at the death. No, that's the lie. I know that that's the lie. <laughs> that would have been better. That would have been better. But I didn't make up sound therapy. Especially if you, like, did it with a friend who literally just waited until you accepted death and then told you, okay, you're done. <laughs> <laughs> so, basically, it gets kind of deep, and it says that, like, the process begins with the conscious acceptance of the inevitability of death. And there's some, like, questions about assessing your understanding of death. So, are you afraid of death? I mean, no? Well, according to this book, you're you're visited by our old friend, Mr. Denial. That's how it puts it. I am afraid of death. Mr. Denial. Mr. Denial. He's visiting you, but it says that's okay. That's okay. I can deny it. It's like, yeah, you can deny it. You know, it's important to repress the feeling of death or else you'll be terrified at all times. Like, I'm not okay. Okay, so then it describes, <laughs> we fear two basic categories of killers. Mother Nature and Daddy Revenge. No. No, I'm calling it. It does not say daddy revenge. It says father revenge. Okay, yeah. Uh-huh. That's what I thought. <laughs> okay, then it gives a nice television death poem. The following verse was penned by Bill Curtis from Southern Florida. He wasn't from South Florida. He was. Aw. Of course. Of course. He's friend with Allie Croc. Maybe. Maybe he's friend with Nor- Nor- Norris. Norris. Bruce Norris. Here's the poem. Titled- mm -hmm. Excuse me, I'm dying here. Me. Excuse me, I'm dying here. Morticia invites me, Fester repels me. Excuse me, I'm dying here. Herman incites me, Thing ignites me. Excuse me, I don't remember asking you to surf the channels. I'm dying here. Do you have any care what I want to see? Excuse me? I'm dying here! It's in all caps at the end, that's why I do that. Of course, of course. Yeah, and also there's like a bunch of randomly uncapitalized words. Is this real? Yeah! Oh my god! This is- this has to be a joke book. See, as I'm reading this, I'm like, this has to be a joke book. But there's no dis- like, I've searched for a disclaimer like five times. But the thing is, like, I think it's a little mix of both. Okay, it does say that it's like a hilarious self-help guide to our teleconsciousness. But it also, like, everything else is, like, serious. So it, I think it knows that it's hilarious. Well, at least it thinks that it's hilarious. But it also doesn't say that, like, oh, this isn't real. It's, like, hilarious. And, oh, by the way, this is real, too. Like, I think maybe it's both. I don't oh my know. God. There's another section I'm not going to go into, but it says, Father Kills Best, Oedipal Television. You know the Greek Oedipal? Like, I can't say it, but you know the, the Oedipal Complex? Oedipal? Oh, the Oedipal? Yeah, it looks like that. I think it's pronounced Oedipal. Oh, is it spelled? Well, I said Oedipal it's that. To... It's that Cards Against Humanity card, though, right? I mean, I know what it means. I know what it means. I'm not yeah, gonna make is. you explain it, <laughs> but, but it's yeah. on the Cards Against Humanity card, and no one ever knows what it means. Ooh, Scooby Doo! I see too much. That's the next section we're coming to, and it talks about for great insight into the struggle with your death fear. Watch a few episodes of Scooby Doo. Okay. And it talks about how the teenagers are not afraid of death. But Scooby is. Scooby is unable to repress his fear of death. In essence, Scooby is ever crying out, We will die. I cannot pretend. I see too much. Oh my god. And Scooby demands that we not take this great capacity for granted. And he's almost convinced Shaggy. And then there's a cute little picture of Shaggy holding Scooby. Is this true? Yeah. <sighs> um, and then it talks about how the key to the fear of death, like, getting rid of the fear of death, 
is of course the act of dying. Just thought I'd mention that that's what the book says. You can't get rid of your fear of death, you need to just die. Oh, see that mushroom cloud? Meet the fin Flintstones. Sorry, I delivered that very badly. Oh, is it talking about the Flintstones as a post-apocalyptic world? Yep. So, you might think, oh, the Flintstones are set in the past. No, they're set in a version of reality where that's the future. It's not necessarily the future, it's now. Well, it says, nonsense, the Flintstones is actually a show about a terrifying future with exclamation points. Like, it sounds very happy. I've heard of that theory, though. There you go. So... That's why, like, they have, like, a mail system and they, like, try to make cars because... See, I read this and I'm like, this is not real because there's dinosaurs. But I'm like, this makes more sense why there'd be dinosaurs than, yeah. like, the original Flintstones. And, like, make they, they make, like, modern versions of And it was rocks. made in the... And that's why when the Jetsons go into the future, they see the Flintstones. Because it is the future. So are the Jetsons in the past? Because they're supposed to be in the future, so is it that far in the future? Yeah. Okay, well it just says Because you know how like the Jetsons are like above ground? Yeah. And they're like other. So like when they when the Jetson timeline goes back to Earth, Earth is like devastated and they're trying to rebuild, but they're in the Stone Age. Okay. Well it basically talks about that it came on air first in the nineteen sixties, between like in the height of the Cold War basically. Well yeah. Of, anyways, why not send a thank you note to the government and say thank you for saying no to the Flintstones? Says that in the book. They do no, they don't. Yep, it does. Oh my god! <laughs> Thank you for saying no to the Flintstones. I need that on a t-shirt. Also, ooh, also it talks about how one of the most significant contributions teletherapy has made to humankind is the irrefutable proof of life after death. No. Yes! No! <laughs> it doesn't really go into that much detail explaining other than it's like, we have a lot of evidence, but... Apparently someone from, like, Leave it to Beaver, like, someone in the cast, like, said that, and they, they have all this, like, stuff. It's very confusing, but honestly, like, teletherapy has done so much for humankind, and we don't even thank it. Hmm. That's true. Um, and also, it gets kind of deep. It also says, simply put, it's impossible to be worried about your demise while in the middle of watching Wheel of Fortune, which I thought was kind of funny. I love um, Wheel of Fortune. Yeah, you can't. Can't think about your demise and watch. I don't think that's true though. You can think about your demise. You can think about your demise. Get bankruptcy. You think yeah. about your demise. Um, and then it gets really deep about like face the truth. You're going to die if not sooner than later. Blah, Jesus blah. Christ! You cannot escape. So accept it and move on to what you have See, left. See, but I have accepted that death is a thing. And try to calm yourself. But that means that I'm gonna die. Watch television intelligently and try to calm yourself. I see. Like once you stop being afraid of death, you die. Yeah, they'll say that too. I don't know. Then it talks about how not only has television proved life after death, it's also proved the existence of extraterrestrial life. Television has proved that. Teletherapy has. Teletherapy. In turn, in turn television. Not, not, not science, just teletherapy. Oh yeah, teletherapy. Oh, wait, I'm so sorry. Teletherapy is a science. Excuse me. Yes. Exact science. And it also says, like, don't be a skeptic. Like, it describes some people who are, like, actual scientists and, like, they, they don't believe, but they're skeptics. And it describes what a- do you know what a scary is? A scary? Yeah. Tele teletherapy reminds you that even the word skeptic appears right before the word scary in the dictionary. A scary is an isolated rock or reef in the sea. Don't be drawn away from the shore of sanity into the sea of insignificance called skepticism. That's the transition they use. This can't be true. Remember, skeptics are like scaries. In other words, 
jerks. They don't say jerks. Do they say assholes? No, they no, say jerks. They say jerks. This is a, this is a, a book for bettering your life. Not no cursing. cursing. Of course. <laughs> then, oh, then it describes someone's experience with aliens. So it's like their little story of, it's like a little separate, of their story of their experience with aliens. So let me read this to you. Get in the zone, like imagine this fully. Okay. I went to bed after a long day at work where I had successfully beaten my record for the most paperwork done in one day. I got under the covers and turned on the television. I swear I saw the opening of Full House, but everyone was gradually getting less and less like themselves. First they started turning subtly different, as if their characters were being played by different actors. Then they started to become rat-like, slowly changing until Uncle Jesse was just a rat with his signature hairdo. I was warned <laughs> by a blinding green light. And the next thing I know, I was laying down on the set of Full House. I had heard a booming voice speaking in tongues I did not understand. I looked at my hands, and they looked pink and leathery. I was terrified, but also calm as I grew warmer and warmer, and more comfortable as if embraced in a warm hug. Everything was slowly getting larger around me, and a giant scaly green figure walked up to me, picked me up, and kissed me on the forehead. I woke up, and my television had been smashed in, and when I looked in the mirror, I saw my hair completely gray. Did and you write this? Yeah. Yes! Oh, I was about to say, this has to, this is too involved for this to be a bluff, but I was like, no. This is, like, turning into a rat's... But, oh, I don't even know anymore! Oh my god. Do you want to hear the real story? Actually, I won't even tell you. Oh my god. What's the real story about? Oh, well, she was sleeping. She ate it. says, I finished eating a three-bean salad and lay down for a short nap, and then she was awakened by a blinding light and sucked into the television. Everyone seemed a little weird, but she didn't know what was weird about them, but it turns out that everyone was healed. Like, everyone on TV who had, like, conditions, they were healed. Um, yeah, and it was wonderful. I don't know how that proves aliens, though. Mm. But it was in the book. Hmm, okay. Um, it also says that there's a problem. In fact, there's a prominent theory in teletherapy that many actual abductions go completely unnoticed because they are disguised as the viewing experience. One proponent of this radical theory boldly asserts that every night, millions of viewers are taken aboard alien ships and returned to their den with no one the wiser. It is shocking that some of your favorite shows are not actually shows at all. Damn. Mandela effect right there. I don't think that's what the Mandela effect is. Maybe that's why. We think, because there's a TV show where Nelson Mandela died, but it wasn't. It was extraterrestrials. Or, like, there's that's the universe with the Berenstain bears instead of the Berenstain bears. I mean, it doesn't make less sense. <laughs> it doesn't make less sense. I'm glad you're finally accepting teletherapy as the I've accepted teletherapy thing. as the truth. It is my life. That is the higher power now. Mm, you're on your way to a yacht. <laughs> um, and it one of the footnotes here, which I don't even want you to guess, which was her husband, Donald, who was in bed with her at the time, could not corroborate her story, although he did say he had a re restless nap, which he first attributed to a focaccia sandwich. How do you pronounce that? Focaccia? Okay, I don't know. Focaccia sandwich. I say focaccious. <laughs> His wife swore that aliens drugged him into submission. This cannot be confirmed. Damn. <laughs> um, it also says that, like, most America, it, like, it makes sense that TV would be used as, like, a pathway for aliens, because most Americans sit down and watch it every night, or at least a bunch of nights. Yeah. And they're also in a state of focused concentration while watching, so they're vulnerable to capture. Of course. So it does make some sense. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, okay, where am I? Are they encouraging me to watch TV? Or not watch it? 
Or... That's not what teletherapy is for. It's watch responsibly, basically. It's uh, telling you how I to see. watch TV. I see. Um, and it also says, therefore, television can explain everything in this little list, which I just thought was hilarious. That television can explain everything. 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 That's why when people, we didn't have television, everyone was dumb. Because Think television about it, is the answer to everything. Think about it, though. Yeah. Okay, the hidden meanings of key commercials. Would you like to know the hidden meaning of Pizza Pizza? Yes. The cry of the Little Caesar is an outgrowth of his obsession with pizza pie. What the hell? This is not just a deranged little man in a toga. This is Caesar, an obvious reference to our ego. The surface message is that when you have a craving, you must satisfy it, or you're endangering the health of your inner self. I love how it says obvious. Obvious. <laughs> your sanity depends on it. At a deeper level, it is showing us that the path to personal peace is found in the study of ancient history. Pizza pizza. Beautiful. Well put. Couldn't have written it better myself. Would you like to know, um, you know the Energizer Bunny that it keeps going? Yeah. Um, this boast about the Energizer Bunny. It's about Ener drugs. Energizer Bunny is an obvious fertility symbol. It what seems the to promise limitless potency for those who choose this battery. Speaking to people's sense of inadequacy, this product touches a very special spot for all of us. It's a true message of the marching rabbit that you must seek joys Joy or life's parade will pass you by. It's the symbol of the American dream, you guys. Oh, would you like to know? It's like wrapping up the book. Would you like to know some five tips for healthy viewing? I'll tell you. I'll tell you a couple of them, maybe. Hmm. Okay. At least once a week, watch the Jerry Springer show with the sound off and religious music playing in the background. No. This can't be true. Cobbler? Yeah. It's true. It's in the book. Why is this in the book? While watching reality-based programs such as CNN or Nightline, give an affirmation hug to another person at each commercial break. Each commercial break. What's an affirmation hug? It's a hug of affirmation. Okay. Sure. Using a standard meter, write at least one poem each week about a favorite television character and send it to them. If they deceased, ask that it be forwarded to a living relative. Of course. Start a discussion group. Analysis. And analyzing, I can't, I'm really sorry, analyzing parallels between television characters and real people in your community. Offer an opportunity for your findings to be publicly reported. Share the wealth, yeah. basically. Spending at least six hours per week, make a one-month close study of a rerun from your childhood, analyzing its impact on your personality. Write a five-page, single-spaced paper outlining your findings, and have friends and family evaluate and grade your work. And Comic Sans. And Comic Sans. <laughs> Um, okay, now we're, we're getting to the end of this beautiful book, um, where it lists teletherapy's profiles of the 30 most psychologically misunderstood television programs in history. So there's a big long list of all these programs. I'm not going to go into them, but they basically go like deep into the programs. So I'll give you some of them. There's The Addams Family, The Adventures of Superman, um, Full House, Frasier, I Love Lucy, is Full Seinfeld. House in it? No. Because every single time you <laughs> no, mention Full House, house it's it. not in it. Um, Beavis and Butthead show, Seinfeld, The Brady Bunch, iCarly, Dennis the Menace. iCarly's not in that. <laughs> <laughs> iCarly isn't in it. That'd be funny. It just predicts the future and it's iCarly. Yeah. So, oh, The Twilight Zone's in it too. I think I saw that. TVH. I think I saw that on the back of the book. It is. Okay, well, I guess we're done. Did I miss any lines? You did, but then you asked me, like, did you have any more, oh. so I had to tell you. Well, I didn't, but I did tell you. 
So yeah, that's the book Why We Watch Killing the Gilligan Within, Watch Your Way to Wellness by teletherapist Dr. Will Miller. Um, someone please tell me if this is real or not. Yeah, if you could. I don't know if anyone else in the, the history of mankind has ever read this book. This might be the only copy in existence. Like, I don't <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if this was sold as satire, comedy, truth, comedy truth, any number of that. Maybe it was set up, so, sold in like the religious section. I don't know. I don't know, but if someone does know, please tell us. And like, I don't know, in like in a rating or like a tweet or something. I need to know. But yeah. Yeah, so I hope you followed the tactics put in place by this book, and I hope you are now rich like me on a yacht. Oh! 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 There's someone at my yacht. <laughs> Could hey. totally work. <laughs> hey, Zoe! Wow, you're a fast runner. Yeah, I, I saw your yacht, and I took my you laptop. You to that lake? I took, yeah, I swam to the lake next to the ocean. And then I swam over here with my laptop on my back, but I put a picture in front of it so you wouldn't see me moving. What? Yes. I'm here. This is the water <laughs> as proof that I'm here. Thanks. I was getting really thirsty up on my yacht. Thanks for bringing me water. <laughs> no problem. Um, well, now that we're back together in this yacht- Oh! Someone else here. Who's here? Is that- is that Satan? Oh, what? It's Satan claiming the yacht back. Hello, Satan. Satan, I'm sorry. I bought. I can't afford to pay for this yacht. I know I'm just on it. I know I'm just hanging out. Please. Satan, I, it's you're okay. ruining the illusion. This is it's my yacht. Okay. I'm pretending it's my yacht. It's okay, Satan. Satan. Oh, well, I think we have to go off this yacht. Yeah, we gotta get off, bros. It's not my yacht. I lied. I'm very sorry. You should have called bluff on that. It wasn't my yacht. I know. I, I was really on a did. yacht, but it wasn't mine. It was Satan. I forgot to call bluff on it, you guys. I'm sorry. I just didn't know. I thought it was her yacht. Yeah, I'm sorry. I should have told you when he asked if I had any more lies. I should have realized that Satan's the one that we know that owns a yacht. Like, it wasn't Zoe. I was too blinded by, like, the magicalness of this book. Yeah. It's not magic. It's science. Science. I'm so sorry. <laughs> call bluff on that one. True. So, thank you for listening to our podcast. Yeah, this one's been special. Yeah. <laughs> hey, at least there weren't any phone calls. That's true. Lots of my phone buzzing. Hope you couldn't hear that. That one's mine, too. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> We're just so popular. Yep. Well, thanks to Kevin. Kevin. Thanks to Kevin. Not even gonna try this time. Nope. Not even gonna try this time. Can't try. Pukatori and Friends, I believe the song's called. So, thanks, Kevin. Yep. Um, go to in top Don't know if I said that last time. If I didn't, it will be in the description. Um, go to that website and then learn music. see for yourself to see how to pronounce that. Yeah, you just last see name. Yourself. Um, yeah. Please tweet about the show. Well, we could like mention your name. Might be a little delayed because we record these in like bunches. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, leave us a good review. That'd be cool. Or leave us a bad re Please don't leave us a bad review. That wouldn't be very nice. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. You do you, people. I mean, freedom of speech. speech. It's just, like, if you're <laughs> yeah, gonna you speech. be a butt, <laughs> don't be a butt. You're just convincing know. people to leave us I'm sorry. We're nice people. Do we deserve it? This is the question. When you take when you take your little troll hands and you're about you're to type in a comment. People. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be like uh, the like I'm gonna us on Twitter. <laughs> I don't know what it is. You can do that though. I don't know what it is either. I do. And I'm on this somewhere. podcast. <laughs> it's like 
ketchup and mustard, but there's a weird underscore somewhere in there. It's probably in the ketchup? Yeah, I believe so. Boom. Don't even know what this Twitter is. Okay, thanks so much. We'll see you next time. Yeah. Give us ideas. Sorry about the whole yacht thing. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Oh, bye, Satan. Bye. Bye. You want to join us? Oh, he's... He's like pushing us off the yacht. Yeah, so we better get out of here. Yeah, we better. We'll see you next time. Okay, bye. Bye.